0: <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor.
1: Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. The Saint was a radio adventure program in the U.S. that featured a character, a swashbuckling Robin Hood type, who, in his attempt to help people, remained just one step ahead of the police and the crooks, both of whom he combated, created by author Leslie Charteris. The Saint, the alias of Simon Templar, was known to millions from books, magazines, and motion pictures. Several versions of the program appeared on different networks. Tonight's episode, starring Vincent Price, is entitled Baseball Murders, and we'll hear about the father of a hot-pitching prospect who calls the Saint to... Protect his son from gamblers.
2: The Adventures of the Saint, starring Vincent Price. on characters created by Leslie Charteris and known to millions from books, magazines, and motion pictures, the Robin Hood of modern crime now comes transcribed to radio, starring Hollywood's brilliant and talented actor, Vincent Price, as The Saint.
3: to the ball game, huh, Mr. Templer? It's a great day for it. Didn't know you was fond the baseball. You found the baseball, Mr. Templer? Yes, indeed, Louis. You know, I... I should have gone in for baseball instead of becoming a cab jockey. Grown men getting paid thousands of dollars for tossing a little ball around two hours a day. Can you beat it, can you, Mr. Templer? I'm asking you, can you beat it? Louie, I... Baseball, you can't beat it. No. I'd like to live in a town where they got major league ball. The Blue Sox here is all right, but it's minor league. You think we'll ever get a big league ball in this town, Mr. Templer? I see you think we'll ever get big league ball, Mr. Templer. You can't quiet today, Mr. Templer. My silence, friend Louie, is purely comparative. Oh. Well, since you're not feeling well, it's good you're taking the afternoon off. Been reading about that father and son of the Blue Sox? Lefty and Phil Notes? They're rather interesting. Supposedly the first time in baseball. Father and son have played on the same team. Yeah, yeah. The old man just down from the majors and the kid on his way up. Old Lefty was great in his day, though, and the kid will be great, too. They both playing today, Louie? Neither one. still ain't doing pitch till tomorrow, and the old man's got a game leg. Won't even be a uniform. That's what goes first in baseball, Mr. Templer, the legs. In my line of work... I know, it's... I know. Mr. Templer, you know something funny? There's rumors out about the blue socks. What kind of rumors, Louie? The rumors say the socks are going to do business. Lose a ball game that maybe they should win. Oh, nonsense, Louis! Baseball is honest, you know that. Maybe so, but it's still got to be played by humans. You'd better step on it, my cynical friend. We're late. Sure, Mr. Templer. Most likely nothing to the rumors anyway. You know how it is driving a cab, you pick up all sorts of things. Me, it don't do no good to pick nothing up. I'm married. Hey! Did you hear that, Mr. Templer? I said, me, it don't do no good to pick nothing up. I heard, Louis. I heard. Pretty funny, huh? Louie, take me out to the ball game.
4: Uh, Hello, Lefty. Thanks for coming, Saint. Sit down, sit down. Thanks. I hope I'm not late. No, the game won't start for another ten minutes, huh? How's the leg, Lefty? That's improving, Saint. How's crime? It stays about the same, always with us. (laughs) Yeah, that it is, that it is. Blue Sox gonna win today? You know something, Saint? I don't much care. Oh, don't get me wrong. When I'm in there myself, I play to win. That's the only way I know. But after the majors, you don't get very excited over the Blue Sox. I guess not. I'm just playing out the string. What comes after that, I don't know. A manager's job? Uh, No chance. I was too busy spending my money while the smart boys were learning the inside of the game. But I had fun, I guess. Did you? Nah. Saint, there's only one thing in baseball I care about. There's only one thing in the world I care about. He's sitting across the field in the dugout wearing number 33. My son. Mm, I hear Phil's a great pitcher, Lefty. Hey, he's good. He'll be great. He's going up next year. Maybe this. Here, take a look at him through the binoculars.
3: Mm. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs>
4: he looks like you, Lefty. You really think so? Yeah. Saint, I'm worried sick about him That's why I asked you I know, that's why I'm here What are you worried about? But I think they're after him, Saint The crowd with the dirty money's after him I never handle any dirty money But I've been around it and I can smell it I can smell it now What does Phil say? Have you talked to him? I can't talk to him Maybe you read in the papers about a wonderful father and son relationship huh? <laughs> The kid hates me How come, Leslie? He was brought up by his mother And he was brought up to hate me I got a divorce from her when the kid was two years old. I gave her a raw deal. He should hate me. You say you smell dirty money. You have anything else to go on, Lefty? Rumors. And a girl. No, I I take that back. A woman. Take another look through the glasses, Saint. She's sitting in the box behind Phil, bending over to talk to him. She's there every day. Yes. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Indeed. Perhaps I should have taken that baseball. Well, that's just it. Does a, a woman who's got what she has go for a 21-year-old kid just because he plays baseball good? Ordinarily, no. But she's got Phil hooked so hard and so deep I hurt all over for him. He thinks it's romance. What do you think it is? I don't know. Not exactly. Saint, could you, could you see if you could find out? I can try. What's her name, Lefty? Diane Courtney. She's staying at the Regent, same hotel the ball club puts up at. I happen to hear the kid making a cocktail date with her there for six this evening. Good. You see if you can get him delayed a few minutes. I will. Find out what she's trying to do, Saint. Find out who's in back of her. And if they spoil that kid, I... Or... They won't. They won't, Lefty. Thanks, Saint. And if there's anything I can ever do... Don't then... worry about it.
3: In fact, I'm looking forward to meeting Miss Courtney. I'm sure we'll have a lot in common. Baseball and... <laughs> well, we'll find something. Do you mind if i sit down here the bar seems to be rather crowded is
5: it that crowded
3: matter of fact it was crowded the minute you walked in
5: mm, sit down <laughs> but i am waiting for someone he might be late that's very true but
3: he won't be. So what are we drinking, martinis? You say so. Waiter, two martinis, extra dry? Yes. I see that you're a devotee of the national pastime.
5: That could very well be. Which national pastime?
3: Mm. I saw you at the ball game today.
5: Yes, I go every day.
3: Business or pleasure? What's that supposed to mean? Baseball is a business for some. Yes, sir. Oh, thank you, waiter. Uh, let's drink to uh, pleasure?
5: Let's just drink. I found that you run out of toasts long before you run out
3: of drinks. A comment on human frailty. Well, what is it you want, friends? I appreciate your frankness. It's one of your concealed assets. I'd like some answers about Phil Miller. Who are you? Don't you know? No. I'm the man who wants the answers about Phil Miller. Shall I start asking questions?
5: Phil just came in. We can't talk now. Come up to my room in 15 minutes, 8.08. Will you? I need help. Believe me, I need help.
2: Say, hey, I thought we had a date, Diana. Was I wrong? Uh,
5: my friend's just leaving, Phil. And I don't care for your tone.
2: Oh, I well, I, I'm sorry, Diane. I just thought that. Well, don't. Remember,
5: I don't care for the jealousy routine. You're too young for
3: it. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, Diane. Well, it's been charming, but I have a cab waiting for so us. I... I'll see you again. Definitely. Yes, definitely, Diane. Oh. You oh, thank you. I have one waiting. Hey, here he is. Oh,
4: wait till Mr. Templer?
3: Nowhere, Louie. I have a date in the hotel here in 15 minutes. She got a friend? I'm afraid not. Just dreaming. Louie, I'm not absolutely convinced about the purity of the lady's intentions. This is a cause for complaint? You misinterpret. Come up to room 808, ten minutes or so after I go up and uh, knock on the door. I get you. But if I shouldn't happen to need a cab at that particular time... I'm
6: ahead of you. There's
3: times in everybody's life when the least thing he needs is a taxi. Louis, I've spoken like a philosopher.
5: Come in quickly. Someone may see him. Someone's
3: already seen him. Frank? Go ahead in, Jack. And I'm right behind you with something that resents any quick moves. You sneak up behind people pretty quietly, Frank. Used to be in a girl guide's. Shut the door, Diane. Shut it. Now, my nosy friend here and me has business.
5: I didn't tell the saint anything, Frank. I just.
3: Boss don't like nosy guys like the saint. I don't like nosy guys like the same. Let
5: him alone, Frankie. What good will beating him
3: up to? The boss's orders. Besides, my analyst tells me beating up nosy guys I don't like is a good way of working out my aggressions. Your analyst? What's the matter? I can't get analyzed. What does your analyst say about you carrying a gun? Didn't he point out this is an artificial prop to your otherwise charming personality? Oh, you could my analyst says I shouldn't get insulted at remarks by neurotics. You think I'm a neurotic? If you ain't now, Jack, you will be when I finish my... Oh,
7: don't fall down, yet, I got more for you before I let go. How do you want that? No, stop it, Stop it! Uh,
4: okay. Yeah, darn it, I shouldn't have gotten mad.
3: My analyst says I shouldn't let my emotions color my business life. I... Mr. Templer. Oh. Oh, Louie. Mr. Templer, you all right? Should I call a doctor? Oh, no, no. I'm all right. I, I guess. Ooh. Ooh. What happened, Mr. Templar? I knocked on the door just like you said. When nobody Ooh. answered I'd come in, you was on the floor. You're still on the floor. Yeah, and I think I'll stay here. Ooh. Ooh. Got myself worked over, Louie, by a psychoanalytical muscle boy. Ooh, he sure gave you some beautiful lumps. Yeah. Real neat professional job. hmm What's this business card in your chest, yours? Uh, no. Oh, let's see. Frankie must have put it there. This is part of the warning, I guess. What's it say? It says, the, uh, the fixer, I fix anything. Huh. He ain't what you'd call modest, is he? No, but fixers rarely are. Look, I, I think we better have a doctor spray you with some cure chrome. No, Louie, I'm gonna be too busy. Doing what? Sleeping. <laughs>
4: Uh, Hello. Saint, this is Lefty Miller. Oh,
3: hello, Lefty. What time is it? Midnight. Are you asleep? Uh, I went to bed early tonight. Had a rather trying evening.
4: Look, I've been finding out things. Things about the crowd with the dirty money and who the head of it is.
3: You mean who the fixer is?
4: Yeah. I found out what they're trying to get from the kid. From Phil. Can you meet me here at the hotel? Half an hour. Good. In the bar. I'm going after some more dope now.
3: You'd better wait until I get there, Lefty. They're rough boys.
4: Uh, I know. But don't worry about me. See you in half an hour.
3: A uh, waiter, another Johnny Walker over ice, please. Yes? Thanks. Look, well, you're Simon Temple, aren't you? The one they call the saint? Well, sit down, Phil. I'm not sitting down. got some things to tell you. I've heard that you've been asking questions about me, and I can guess who sent you. It was my father. Look, isn't it kind of late for you, Phil? You're supposed to pitch tomorrow. I don't need anybody to run my life for me. You or my father either. Where is he? Well, I was to meet him here, but he hasn't shown up yet. Most likely up in his room. All right, come on, let's go up and see him. I want to straighten you both out together. Do you know what room he's in? Sure. 908. Right come with on. you, Phil. All right. Oh, waiter. Yes? Uh, hold that drink for me. I'll be back for it sooner or later. <laughs> Hey, Dad! Open up! I want to talk to you. Doesn't look like your father is in. Try the door. Well, it's open. What yeah. son of a! But there's no. Dad. Better Dad. Oh. Look, I told you not to look. He shot himself. Why? Why? He's dead, Phil. And there's a gun in his hand, but he didn't pull the trigger. What are you trying to prove? Who did? Too, Mr. Templer? Uh, Regent Hotel, Louis. In. Good morning. Good morning. Say, I read in the papers this morning about Lefty Miller. Oh, tough. Why do you think he did it, Mr. Templer? He didn't. The police can buy the suicide theory for the time being, but it was murder, Louie. A friend of mine was murdered last night, and today things are going to be done about it. What are you going to do with the Regent? I'm going back to the young lady's room where I had such an interesting time last evening. This time I'd better go with you. Yeah, perhaps you'd better, Louie. And I'm hiring you for the whole afternoon... We've got a lot of ground to cover. Lefty was a great ball player, Mr. Templer. Seen him in the World Series once at Yankee Stadium. Hard to believe he's dead. A man can be killed in a lot of ways, Louie. He can be killed fast, or he can be killed through what happens to his son. I'm glad at least that didn't happen to Lefty. Lefty! <laughs> You sure nobody is in? We called on the house phone before we came up. I think this key will fit. Hey, how did you get a key? I remembered to make an impression of the lock after that beating last evening. There. There, we're in. <laughs> nobody here, all right? Shut the door, Louis, and lock it. Okay. What are you looking for, Mr. Templer? The truth, Louie. As my friend Philip Marlowe would say, crime detection is an adventure in search of the hidden truth. want to find the hidden truth looking out that window on the fire escape. Perhaps, Louie, perhaps?
4: Mr. Templer, somebody's at the door. Hey, hey Louis,
3: I'll handle this. If I need help, if I'll... If you
4: need help, we're in trouble. Good
3: morning, Miss Courtney. Hey, what are you doing Come here? Come in, Diane. Miss Courtney, my good friend Louie. Oh, charmed. Uh, you want I should leave, Mr. Temple? No, we'll both be leaving in a minute, Louie. Just as soon as we ask Miss Courtney some questions, she probably won't answer. What questions? Like who killed Lefty Miller. I
5: don't know. I I thought it was suicide.
3: You see, Louie? Who's the fixer, Diane?
5: I I can't tell you. I, I'm afraid. Say, if you believe me,
3: if you'd help me. Why are you working on Phil Miller to throw a ball game? Why? I
5: can't tell you. They, they...
3: I'm frightened Look, I don't care how frightened you are A man's been killed Why?
5: I, I can't I,
7: I'm afraid
3: The lady's afraid Come on, Louie Let's go back to the ballpark And see if we can throw a few curves. <laughs> Mr. Bush As manager of the Blue Sox, You
8: must have known Lefty Miller fairly well uh, Not well, no I manage the team, but you don't manage an old pro like Lefty. You just tell him what time the game is, and uh, he does the rest. Yes. From what I saw of him, though, he he was a good guy. I'm sorry. How's Phil taking it? It's hard to tell about kids. He and Lefty weren't close. Maybe you knew that. Yes, I knew that. But it's hard to tell just how he was taking it. Tonight's his turn to pitch, and I told him, of course, I'd start somebody else, but no. He's going to pitch tonight? Insisted on it. He said he had it. He'll pitch. Do you think he should? He's the best we got. And I might get a phone call tomorrow telling me he's sold to the major leagues. Anytime he wants to pitch, he'll pitch. Mr. Bush, have you heard any rumors about a fix on your ball club? No, Mr. Templer, there's always rumors around any kind of sport. I've never been in a phony ball game. and As far as I know, I've never seen one. So I don't listen to rumors. Thanks, Mr. Bush, and uh, good luck tonight. To you and Phil
3: both. Where to now, Mr. Templar? I want to go see a bookmaker, Louie. Sam the Spender. Do you know him? Sure I know him. Biggest bookie in town. Place down on State Street, only a block or two down the street. Got something good in Hollywood Park? No, Louie. You want something good? Thanks, but no, this is different. I did a favor for Sam once. He might be able to return it. Sam retains anything but money. One time I had a three-horse parley going against him. First to come in. The third is leading into the street. Hey, Louie, isn't this the place? What? Oh, yeah, you're sure. You're wait for me here, Louie. It won't be
6: long. Sure, Mr. Temple. Hello, Sam. How's business? Simon Templar, glad to see you. What can I do for you? Information, Sam. Which will go no further then. Simon Templer. We in business. say, do you handle any baseball money, Sam? Nah, nah. In the East, it's big business. All bet on the major leagues. Out here, peanuts. Have you handled or heard of any bets lately on the blue Sox or against them? Against them, yeah. Only yesterday. Funny deal, too. Care to tell me about it? Yeah, sure. A big creep comes in with $200 to bet against the Sox in the game tonight. I don't like the smell of it. Nah. I tell him, nah. Then the creep tells me what's wrong with me is that I had an emotionally insecure childhood. <laughs> Honest. <laughs> Go on, Sam. Then he does a funny thing. He'd give me an extra 200 to pay you off if he win the bet. <laughs> Imagine that. And if the Sox win, I get to keep the whole 400 <laughs> The guy's nuts. I can't lose. The best he can do is break even. Where's the payoff, Sam, if the Sox lose? In room 808, the region, tonight after the game. Do you get it, Sam? I'm beginning to.
3: (laughs) Lefty Miller was right. Dirty money has a smell to it, and I'm beginning to smell it. Thanks, Sam.
6: Anytime, Sam. See you soon? Maybe tonight. Tonight? I hope so, Sam. Nothing personal, Sam, but uh, I hope not. (laughs)
3: Good evening, Diane. Well, it's our
5: old friend Jack. Uh, How are you, Frankie? What is this room, Mr. Templer? Your home away from home?
3: Diane, let me throw the bum out. Easy, Frankie. Your aggressions are showing.
5: Anything in particular you wanted, St. Frankie and I are busy. Yeah, I
3: can see that. Busy packing. Too busy to go to the ball game tonight. did you know beforehand how it would come out? Let me throw the bum out. I hate schizophrenics.
5: But he looks like such an interesting one, Frankie. And he's handsome, too.
3: My, Diane, you're not so frightened as you were. Well, I... It's all right. I won't tell the boss. Jack,
4: you better get out of here. It ain't healthy. What's your trouble? You got a compulsion or something?
3: No, it's just that when I start out on something, I like to be in on the payoff, and tonight's the payoff. The game should be over by now, and the people will be arriving. I'll be the host of our little party. You'll be host for a party of one in a wood box, Jack. Diane, she
5: Diane! It's a kid. Don't let him in, Frankie. Come in, Phil.
9: Hello, sweetie.
3: Hello, Diane. Frankie? Yeah. Hello, Miss Templer. Hello, Phil.
5: Ball game over, honey?
3: Yeah, it's over. How do you feel? Dirty. Oh,
5: don't feel bad about it, sweetie. In a week or two, you'll forget all
3: about it. Sit down, Phil. I've taken over the party. Let's all find out what games we've been playing. Diane, I'm getting an awful frustration listening to him. Let him talk. Thank you. Phil? Yes, Mr. Templer? What line did Diane use to get you to throw the game tonight? The fixer had something on her, she was afraid of him, something would happen to her if you didn't do as he wanted? <laughs> oh, no, it doesn't matter. You know the real reason? Go on, tell him, Jack. I will, Frankie. It was a trap for you, Phil. This outfit is big and smart. They're willing to make an investment and wait a while to cash in. It's too tough to get next to a major league player. You'll be up there this year and next... And when you get there, you'll do what the fixer tells you, because there's a club over your head. Yeah? Yeah. A certain payoff you took in a hotel room at the region for throwing a game of the Blue Sox. You understand that? I understand. Your father found out about it. He had the room right over this one, 908, and he listened on the fire escape. He was seen from in here and he was killed. Then they took him back up the fire escape to his room and rigged the suicide. But they forgot to wash all the blood off the iron outside this window. You're going to listen to him, kid. He's an erotic.
4: Diane, aren't you going to say something?
5: I didn't have anything to do with it, honey. It it was the Fixer who did it.
3: Yeah, I believed in the Fixer, too, at first, Diane, until I came to your room the first time. Down the bar, you said you didn't know me. Up here, you told Frankie I was the saint. You made other slips tonight. No. So I know who the Fixer is. Who
5: is he?
3: You mean, who is she? Fixer is a very beautiful woman, Diane. The Fixer is you. What is this, a filibuster or something? Let's assume you're right, Mr. Templer.
5: Where does it get you? Where does it change
3: things? I'm turning you over to the police, and Frankie can hardly shoot both Phil and myself. He
5: won't have to, just you. Yeah.
3: You underestimate me, Saint.
5: We should have had more time alone together. Phil will do whatever I tell him in spite of what's happened. Won't you, sweetie?
3: Will you, Phil? Diane, I...
5: See? I made sure of Phil, Saint. I made sure of him first. He'll crawl on his hands and knees if I tell him to, because if he doesn't, I might stop being nice to him. And he couldn't stand that. Ah, you should have thought of that, Saint. They got a mental block or something. Finish with Mr. Templer, Frank. We've got to finish packing.
3: This gun says get over to the window, Saint. This time there won't be no blood in the fire escape. Just a lot on the sidewalk. I'm pretty messy that way, Frankie. Your subconscious will hate you. I won't look down. Now... You're going over to the window quiet.
4: Phil, sit down. Stand back, kid. I ain't playing with this thing. Phil, I told
3: Keep you to back. down. Watch out, Phil. He's going to... You kill my Come father. You. Give me that gun, Frankie. Or I'll break your wrist. I'll kill you. No, you won't, Frankie. Think what your analyst would say. And this makes us even. Oh, Frankie. Frankie.
4: Phil, how how
3: bad is it? <laughs> not, not bad. Just my arm. But not my pitching arm. Oh,
5: God. Why, you...
3: Diane, stand still. Better go for the police, Phil. Can you make it? Yeah, yeah, I can make it. And Phil, thanks. What you did makes up for the game. We'll figure out that later. Uh, about Dad, Saint. He did all he could to protect you, Phil. Yeah, he, he did like me then. More than anything else, he told me. You better leave. I want you out of here before that bookie shows up to pay off. Uh, Mr. Templer, he won't be showing up. I didn't lose the game tonight. Tell me more, Phil.
4: I pitched a three-hit shutout. I figured it was the least I could do for Lefty.
3: The kid's going to be all right, Mr. Temple? Bill will be all right, definitely. You know, I can't blame him for getting tangled up with that Diane. Now, there is real age in the wood stump. Mm, she won't be quite as attractive when she gets out, Louie. Twenty years does something to a woman. Should have seen what I'd done to my wife if she was no prize to begin with. What do you think was wrong with Diane, Mr. Temper, an emotionally insecure childhood? <laughs> You've been talking to Frankie. I think Diane felt an urge to corrupt, Louie, to feel power. Revenge, perhaps, for something hidden in her past. It might have been her childhood. Might have been society. So, now society exacts further toll. Twenty years. Uh, I feel like a drink, Louie. Where to, Mr. Templer? Back to the Regent. I've got a scotch waiting for me at the bar.
2: You have been listening to another transcribed adventure of The Saint, The Robin Hood of Modern crime. And now here is our star, Vincent Price.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, the most priceless gift which a community can give its children is a fine education. Here in America, your parents have been able to take that education pretty well for granted. But that won't be true of the future unless we plan now to cope with the educational problems of the future. There are going to be lots of them. We know that for sure. Because of the increased birth rate during and since the war... An extra 7 million children are going to be enrolling in our public schools. And the way things stand, our schools just aren't ready to handle them. The problem varies from district to district, but it's always a problem of shortages. In some localities, there aren't enough classrooms, and in others, not enough books and equipment. And overall, we're suffering from a shortage of teachers. In order to meet the challenge and make sure that our youngsters will get the education they deserve... We'll have to lay down an educational blueprint for the years ahead. Our local school boards are doing that right now, but they can't do it alone. They need everyone's efforts to build a stronger educational system. If you wish to help, simply contact your local school board. And for further information, write to the National Citizens Commission for the Public Schools New York, New York. That's the National Citizens Commission for the Public Schools New York, New York. Good citizens everywhere are helping, for they know that better schools make better communities. This is Vincent Price inviting you to join us again next week at this same time for another exciting adventure of The Saint. Good night.
2: Included Gloria Blondell, Jack Moyles, Hal March, Ed Max, Bob Clark, and Larry Doughton. The music was composed and conducted by Von Dexter. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris, is a James L. Sapier production and is directed by Helen Max. Vincent Price is soon to be seen co-starring in RKO's production of His Kind of Woman. All you Saint fans will be glad to know that the Saint comic books are on sale at all newsstands. Your announcer, Val Brown. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. There's fine entertainment on Theater Guild on the Air, returning next Sunday on NBC. This weekend, 400 Americans have a holiday date with death. Stay off the list. Be careful. Next, Sam Spade, then hear Katherine Grayson on NBC.
1: Stay tuned for Honest Harold, next on Theater of the Mind. And now it's time for a familiar voice, Harold Perry, who'll be by but not as the great Gildersleeve, Nope. He'll be playing the role of Harold Hemp, who hosted a radio program called The Happy Homemaker. And tonight's show, we're going to hear plans to rename Boomer Park.
10: The Harold Perry Show. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. And now...
7: Harold Perry as Honest Harold the Homemaker.
10: If you lived in Melrose Springs and you turned on your radio at 10 o'clock in the morning, you'd hear a program that's very popular with the ladies. Honest Harold the Homemaker. But not always so popular with Mr. Carruthers, the owner of KHJP, and his nephew, Stanley Peabody, the station manager. It's evening now. Harold is at the radio station preparing his program for the next morning. With him is his assistant,
11: Little Billy the
10: Ex-Jockey. Well,
11: let's work on the mail now, Little Billy. Uh, here's a lady that wants to know why a window dresser always turns the price tag so you can't read them. <laughs> That's your assignment for tomorrow, Little Billy. Go on down to Hershey's department store and find out.
12: Okay, Hal Pal. Uh, here's some social items that our regular contributor from Asheville sent us.
11: Oh, yes, Aunt Mary. Let's see. They're usually pretty good. (laughs) Dear Harold, not much to report to you this week, except that we did have a little excitement here a few days back. Amy Streeter forgot and left her grandpa on the porch overnight. (laughs)
7: Listen,
11: this one isn't bad either. My cousin Joe was 32 this week. We don't know what to do with Joe... He hasn't made that? A...
12: Huh? I've got an idea that'll really pep up your program.
11: Oh, good. What is it, Billy?
12: Why don't you give tips on the horse races?
11: D- what? <laughs> Billy, let's forget the horse races. Who's that? Uh, I suppose it's Snoopy Poopy Peabody. Just because he's the manager around here, he thinks he can walk. Hello,
13: Harold. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Ellie. <laughs> Hello, little Billy. Hello.
11: Well, this is quite a surprise. I didn't know you were coming down to the station tonight.
13: Yes, yeah, Stanley asked me to come down and help him take inventory.
11: Oh, you're with Peabody, eh?
13: No, Harold, don't be jealous.
11: Well, as long as you're here, I guess we could have a cozy little chat.
12: Yeah, let's have a cozy little chat.
11: Yeah, uh, <laughs> Billy, weren't you going home early tonight and look over a racing farm or something?
12: Go home and... Or... Uh-oh, I get it.
11: Yes, he gets it.
12: You want me to look over a racing form while you look over a filly
11: Filly? Yeah. <laughs> That's silly, Billy
12: So long, Hal Pal
13: <laughs>
11: Imagine that little jockey having an idea like that Well, Philly, uh,
13: Evie I just dropped in to say hello for a minute Stanley's waiting for me
11: Stanley, huh? That professional nephew That nincompoop. That... Oh, hello, Stanley. (laughs) Nice seeing you. (laughs) Hello, Hemp. Uh, Taking inventory, eh, Stanley? Guess you counted in old Honest Harold,
14: the homemaker. No, I was only counting the assets tonight. Liabilities tomorrow. (laughs) Well, I led with my chin. (laughs) Ready, Evelina? I'll take you home now.
11: Well, Uh, Stanley, all through checking things around the station? Yes, of course. Huh? Did you check the thermowattle? The what? But you're the manager of a radio station. You ought to know what a thermowattle is. Well, if that isn't checked, Stanley, it could burn out the transmitter, explode the static condenser, and blow up the whole station. It could?
14: Uh, Evelina, will you excuse me? I I just remembered something.
13: I'll see you later. You know, it's funny, but I've never heard of a thermowattle.
11: You haven't? Neither have I. (laughs) Yeah,
5: Yeah. Honest Harold. Really?
11: Well, all spare and love and war and wattles. Come on, I'll walk you home.
13: Oh, you don't have to do that.
11: Can't have you walking all that way by yourself.
13: But it's only three blocks.
11: Not the way we're going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks.
13: we will have to be quiet. Uncle Doc is asleep.
11: Yeah, dear old Doc, yak yak. How is the old veterinarian? I suppose he had a hard day manicuring sheep. <laughs> sit down, Harold. Guess I'll sit here on the sofa next to you. <laughs> what did I sit on? Oh, Encyclopedia Britannica. Aardvark to chromosome. <laughs> Must have sat on aardvark.
13: <laughs>
11: well, uh, this is nice, sitting here with you Yes, it is Evie, how about a little kiss?
13: Now, Harold, there's no reason why we can't just sit here and talk Talk?
11: All right How are things down at the office, Evie? Fine Good, how about a kiss?
7: <laughs>
13: <laughs>
11: Evie, why haven't you ever married? Oh,
13: I don't know I suppose I've been waiting for a tall, slender prince charming.
11: Oh, would you settle for a short, chubby homemaker?
13: How <laughs> do you know I'm very fond of you? You have so many good qualities, especially your honesty. Well, <laughs> but it's important to have a sense of proportion. Sometimes you go off on impulsive crusades about inconsequential things. You tilt at windmills
11: I do last thing I tilted was a pinball machine.
13: <laughs> <laughs> I think mean, you're like Don Quixote. Don Quixote? Oh. Don Quixote was a character in one of the great novels about old Spain. He was a crusader, too. Oh. Uh. He saw every windmill as an imaginary enemy and went charging into it with his lance.
11: Oh, I wouldn't do that. Besides, there aren't any windmills in Melrose Springs.
13: Oh, dear, I, I guess you'll never change.
11: Heavy. Would it make any difference to you if I did?
13: Well, it might.
11: Well, if it means so much to you, I'll reform. No more tilting pinball and uh, windmills.
13: Do you really mean that, Harold?
11: You bet I do. You know you mean an awful lot to me, Evelina. Remember when I used to sing this to you? Evelina, won't you ever take a shine to that moon? Remember? Remember? Never ain't you bothered by that bobbling too Tell me, tell me how long you're gonna keep delaying the day Don't you reckon it's wrong with your honey this way liner won't you pay a little mind to me soon wake up wake up the earth is fair the fruit is fine But what's the use of smelling Watermelon Clinging to another faller's vine? Evelina, Won't you roll off that vine and be more oh,
13: That was nice, Harold.
11: You like it? Great. I'll sing another chorus. Evel-
13: hey down there.
11: Oh, it's old Doc Yak Yak. What does the old horse doctor want now?
9: Evelina, did one of my animals get loose? Why no, Uncle?
11: Uh,
9: thought I heard a jackass Praying in
11: the park. <laughs> <laughs> I've been insulted Good night, Evie Better hurry I'll be late for my program this morning Gosh, gotcha it was nice being with Evie last night Well, from now on, I'm going to change Yes, sir no more tilting at windmills. Hey there, lover boy. Oh, good morning, Doc. Good morning, Harold. Yeah, see you got your little satchel with you, Doc. You
9: back in the veterinary business? On an emergency call. Hmm? and got a warm nose down at the dog pound. Yeah. <laughs> oh? <laughs> hey, uh, you were getting a little uh, cozy with my niece in the parlor last night. Weren't you, dreamboat?
7: <laughs>
9: How did you know? Well, I snuck downstairs and took a look Doc, you
11: ought to be ashamed of yourself I was kind of sorry Didn't learn a thing oh.
9: <laughs> uh,
7: uh,
11: Evie is wonderful, Doc She's going to make a new man out of me Yes, sir, you're now looking at the new Harold Hemp Don't look a bit better than the old one
9: <laughs> No more going to bat over Evie Say, uh, Harold uh? Heard something this morning that ought to interest an old crusader like you What? City's planning to cut down that big elm tree on Main Street. The one by Hofstad's hardware store? They can't do that, Doc. Why, that tree is as old as Melrose Springs. Uh, She's leaning. Old man Hofstad claims it might fall on his store. Says it's like living under the hanging sword of Damocles.
11: Why, the old crab, I defy the city to cut down that tree. Just wait till you hear my program this morning. Woodman, spare that tree. Touch not a single bough. For years it's sheltered me, and I'll protect it. Oh. That's a nice poem, but it don't rhyme. I just remembered something, Doc. If the city wants to cut down that tree, it's no affair of mine. What? It's just another windmill. Oh, it's a tree. I'm not interested. Not one little bit, Doc. I'm through crusading over these little inconsequential things.
9: Harold, are you sick? What? Let me feel your nose.
11: (laughs) Please, Doc. After all, what if they do cut down that elm tree? That's because the whole town's grown up around it. All the children played in its shade. Sweethearts carved their initials in it. Little birds had their happy homes there. (laughs) (laughs) See you later, Doc.
15: Good morning, this is Station K.H.J.P., the station of the friendly Frost Warning. Honest Harold, the homemaker, will be on in 20 minutes. I think. Off again, on again, Harold, they ought to call him.
11: Well, good morning, Lori.
15: <gasps> good morning, Mr. Hemp. I've got some good news. You're going to have some new spot announcements on your program. Well,
11: that's good. Who's the sponsor?
15: Smiling Sprockets Pawn Shop. Uh? You know, be happy, hocket with Sprocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes.
11: I pawned my mandolin there once. He learned how to play it better than I did.
15: Oh, Mr. Hemp, eh? I saw something in the paper this morning. I think you ought to know. What's that? The city council vetoed the appropriation for pigeon feeding in Boomer Park.
11: What? Why those hard-hearted, nickel-nursing anti-pigeonists? They'll hear from Harold Hemp.
15: Oh, I knew the pigeons could count on you.
11: Yeah, absolutely. Just wait till I get on the air. I'll... oop. No, I won't. I mustn't be a Don Quixote. Don who? Gloria, haven't you ever heard of Don Quixote?
15: Oh, sure. I love his rumba music. Yeah, he plays
11: like a windmill. <laughs> uh, see you later, Gloria.
15: Oh, Mr. Ham, huh? I forgot to tell you. Mr. Peabody wants to see you in his office and right away.
11: Oh, he does, eh? Getting to be a habit. Well, all right. But he's mad because I sent him after a thermowattle last night. Guess he found out there's no such thing. I don't know why I do things like that to Stanley. <laughs>
7: yeah,
11: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess you'll read the riot act to me. Well, might as well go in and face the chin music. Well, good morning, Stanley. Uh, hello, hemp. Sit down. Yeah, thank you. Uh,
14: that was pretty clever of you last night sending me to look for that thermo wattle. Well. <laughs> it took me two hours, but I finally found it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> It is? I wonder what it is. <laughs> but that wasn't what I wanted to see you about. Kemp, huh? as you may be aware, my uncle, Mr. Carruthers, and the owner of this station, is attaining his 65th birthday next week.
11: Good. The old skin
14: flint. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, an event like this calls for a celebration of major proportions. I want to make this a day that will burn forever in his memory. Something that will give him a real glow. We could set fire to his beard.
7: (laughs) This celebration
14: must be well thought out, well planned, and an idea just popped into my head. It's going to be awfully
11: lonesome in there.
14: (laughs) My idea has to do with Boomer Park. Boomer Pie. As you know, the park was named after General Boomer, a very vague figure in the history of our town. Well, I would In say- view of the many civic contributions my uncle has made to Melrose Springs, I propose our city change the name from Boomer Park to Carruthers Park. What? And, of course, replace that statue of General Boomer with one of Mr. Carruthers. Peabody, I won't stand for that. General Boomer was a great man. Why, he founded Melrose Springs. But the name is still going to be changed to Carruthers Park. Over my dead body. That will be a pleasure. Oh? Well, but starting this morning, you will convince your listeners that you are heartily in favor of the idea. That's an order. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, trying to put something like this over on the people of this town. I won't do it. It's against my principles. Honest, Harold, this is no time for one of your stupid crusades. Don't you call... Crusades?
11: Oh, uh, I almost forgot, Eveline. Huh? What? Stanley. Yes? I despise myself for this, but I'll do it. Good. Well, I want you to know, Stanley, I'm only doing this for love. Harold. Not you, Peabody. I hate you. <laughs>
10: We'll return for the second act of our story, Honest Herald, in just a moment. Three more top stars check in next Sunday, October 1st, at CBS, The Star's Address. Amos and Andy will be back with the Kingfish and their other cronies... And Red Skelton will return for another great season of laughter with Junior, the Mean Widow Kid, Willie Lump Lump, and Dead Eye the Cowboy. Be listening next Sunday night for the return of Amos and Andy and Red Skelton on most of these same CBS stations. Well, back to Honest Harold, who's a little unhappy at this moment. For the first time on his Happy Homemakers program, Honest Harold let the people of Melrose Springs down. You said it. Against all his instincts, he came out in favor of changing the name of Boomer Park to Carruthers Park. Yeah, I could bite my tongue off. It's late in the afternoon and Honest Harold is slinking down the hall of the radio station.
11: Good night, George. Probably didn't hear me. Good night, Jerry. Must be busy working on those W 4 forms. <laughs> Good night. Snob. <laughs> uh, you might as well face it, honest Harold. Ever since your program this morning, nobody is speaking to you. Good
14: night, Harold.
11: Good night, Peabody. There goes one windmill I ought to tilt. <laughs> Relative. <laughs> Uh, yes, Gloria?
15: Oh, gee, everybody's sure mad at you.
11: Yeah, I'm aware of that, Gloria.
15: Mr. Feeney called from the post office. Huh? There's a stack of letters there for you already. He said some of them threaten mayhem. What's that?
11: May. <laughs> Never mind, Gloria. Well, I think I'll run over and see Evelina.
15: Mr. Ham, mm-hmm. do you want me to take the calls that come in for you? No,
11: better not, Gloria. You're too young to hear that kind of language. <laughs> hope Evie's home. It'd be nice to talk to her. After all, I'm doing this for her. Oh, it's you. <laughs> Good evening, Doc. Is Evie home? Nope. Oh, uh, be home soon? Nope. Oh. She's
9: still over at Carruthers. She's taking dictation from him, too.
11: Oop. Might if I... Come in a while, Doc. Can't stop you. Well, <laughs> What's new? Brothers Park
9: Now, look here, Doc Honest, Harold But, Doc, I'm doing Just this Just goes to prove what I always said Animals are more honest than people mm-hmm. Never catch a cow trying to sneak on a streetcar with a three-day-old transfer <laughs> <laughs> Doc! Never heard of an Airedale being sent to jail for cheating on his income tax <laughs> but, Doc, what else could I do? All I know is I'm disappointed in you, Harold coming out in favor of changing the name of Boomer Park. You know everybody's against a thing like
11: that. Why, if you keep this up, you won't have a friend in town. I don't care. I'm doing what I think is right, and I'll stand by it. I'm as honest as I ever was. I'm... I'm... I'm a low, crawling, miserable worm. Nice, hot supper waiting for me. Well, I'm not hungry. Can't face anybody. She might have fried eggs lying there staring at me.
12: <laughs> hey there, girl, wake up!
9: Oh,
11: hello, Billy. Well, I suppose you're mad at me, too.
12: Mad at you? Why?
11: Then you think I did right about Boomer Park?
12: Absolutely. Pretty clever, pal, the way you fixed the race. What? Oh, man, Carruthers must be slipping you a pocketbook to pull a double cross like this.
11: Billy, I want you to understand that I'm not doing this for money.
12: Sure, I know.
11: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not.
12: I can just see the race. Huh? Boomer parks the favorite, with all the suckers. Carruthers Park is a long shot, a pig.
7: <laughs>
12: Billy? The horses are on the track. They're at the starting gate. Get off! Yeah, hmm? Boomer Park leads all the way until the stretch. And then when the judges ain't looking, you take the needle, lift up the saddle, and jab Carruthers in the hindquarters. <laughs>
11: Billy, I'll do no such thing.
12: And Carruthers Park shoots inside the rail and wins by a nose. Oh,
11: for heaven's sake, this is ridiculous. Billy, you know very well that I wouldn't have anything to do with a crooked race.
12: Well, maybe it ain't a crooked race, but I just hope they don't give you a saliva test. <laughs>
11: Why don't I go home? I'll have to go home sometime. Why didn't I pick some other place to walk? Boomer Park. Anybody sees me here, I'll get shot. Oh, hello, little pigeon. Well, come here, nice pigeon.
7: Whoop. <laughs>
11: flew away. He's mad at me, too. Uh, uh, what am I going to do? Who's that? uh uh-huh. General Boomer's statue. Hello, General. How are things? Just think. Been sitting on that horse for 80 years. Must be getting saddle sore. (laughs) Hope you don't mind, General, if they move you out of the park. Maybe they'll put you out in the country someplace with no pigeons. (laughs) hate to do this to you, General, but it's for love. You must understand about love. You had 11 children. <laughs> Gosh, General, put yourself in my place. A man's got to be sensible sometimes. You got to play it safe. You'd do the same thing, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? No. No, you wouldn't. I read about you in the Civil War. At the Battle of Antietam, you didn't say, let's play it safe. You said, follow me, I'm moving up And at Stone Mountain, you didn't say, let's be sensible You said, it's now or never, boys, follow me And at Missionary Ridge, did you say, let's run away today and fight tomorrow No, you said, are you with me, boys? I'm going forward And you won General Boomer, I won't let you down Tomorrow morning, Honest Harold is moving into battle Pigeons, I mean, fellas, follow me And so, listeners, this is Honest Harold, the homemaker, telling you once again that I will oppose, and I urge all of you to oppose, any scheme to change the name of Boomer Park. And I'm sorry I gave you the wrong advice yesterday, girls, and I promise you I'll never let you down again. And that stands, no matter what uncle or what nephew might say. Hent, have you gone mad? The static you just heard is Stanley Peabody. And so, folks, until tomorrow, if there is one, this is Honest Harold, the homemaker, saying goodbye. And goodbye, General Boomer. Hemp, I'll have your head for this. Well, all I can say is, Stanley, you could use it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey,
14: uh-huh. you're Do you know who was listening to your program? Mr. Carruthers. Mr. Carruthers? Was he upset? Huh? He wants to see you at his home immediately. And unless I'm mistaken, he'll give me orders to fire you. You've forgotten one thing, Stanley. old oh boy, his wife is one of my staunchest admirers. Why, she wouldn't let him fire me. For your information, Hemp, Mrs. Carruthers left on a trip to New York this morning. Oop, I should have gone with her. <laughs>
11: Here's Carruthers' mansion. Big. Looks more like a medieval castle. Probably has a torture chamber in the cellar for ex-employees. <laughs> hmm? Doors opening. Sure needs oiling. Come in. So does he.
4: <laughs> Thank you.
11: Big butler. <laughs> so you're the butler here, eh? Uh. Well, how do you like butling? Must be a silent butler
7: <laughs>
11: I'm uh, here to see Mr. Carruthers Down the hall Down down the hall
7: <laughs>
11: Thank you, thank you very much wonder what he charged to haunt the radio station <laughs> uh, Sure is a long haul That big tapestry What's that? Uh, and these knights in suits of armor. I wonder if they used to get two pair of pants for those suits.
16: <laughs> uh,
11: this must be his study.
16: Come in. Ah, uh, Mister Carruthers. Mister Carruthers, you'll address me by my military title, sir. Major. Major. That's right. Major Aloysius Carruthers, Light Horse Cavalry, Third Platoon, National Guard. Who are you?
11: Harold Hemp, BPOE, reporting, sir. <laughs> Right
16: oh, thank you. You, the young fellow, who has a program on my station? Uh, yes, sir. Honest Harold the Homemaker. Um, songs, household hints. Why hint? Come right out and say what you mean. Uh,
11: uh, oh, yes, sir. I'll do that. Why
16: doesn't the old boy fire me and get it over with? Uh, how are things at the station? I may inspect there one of these days. Ready for inspection? Huh? Always be ready for inspection. Keep your shoes shine. Never volunteer. Remember that. Yes,
11: yeah, not Oh, brother.
16: <laughs> <laughs> Run a life and live off the country. Now, young man, I heard you say something this morning about renaming Boomer Park. Oh, here comes the firing squad. Look there on the wall. And? of the Civil War, Battle of Antietam. I'm writing a book on that battle. Look at that pin, the big red one. Know what that is? A
11: USO unit?
16: <laughs> that serves General Boomer. Who? General Martin P. Boomer, one of the greatest practitioners of the Civil War. General Boomer? Follow me, I'm moving up, Boomer? His words exactly. Ah, remarkable soldier. And that ant-brained nephew of my wife wanted to rename Boomer Park after me. Doesn't he know the difference between a major and a general? I'll explain it to him, sir. Right. Go back there, Hemp, and shake up that outfit. Tighten things up. Tell him to prepare for inspection. Yes, sir. It'll be a pleasure. Honest Harold, you're dismissed. Dismissed? Oh, you mean I can go.
11: (laughs) (laughs) Heavy?
13: Yes, Harold?
11: You weren't angry with me for breaking my promise?
13: Why, no. In fact, I'm very proud of you. You are? There are some things a man has to take a stand on. And I think General Boomer was a very worthwhile crusade. And I'm more convinced than ever that you should run for mayor. Abby? Yes?
11: How about moving over a little closer to the next mayor?
13: Well, if you'll promise to behave.
11: Sure, I promise.
13: All right. Harold, you promised to behave.
11: That was just a campaign promise. Yeah.
16: (laughs)
10: just heard The Harold Perry Show, Honest Harold. The supporting players included Francis Robinson, Ken Peters, Jerry Maron, Jack Moyles, and Will Wright, and featured Gloria Holiday as Gloria and Joseph Kearns as old Doc Yak Yak. Norman McDonald directed, and the music was composed and conducted by Jack Meekin. Tonight's script was written by Gene Stone, Jack Robinson, and Dick Powell.
1: Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's The Six Shooter, followed by Life with Luigi. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night.
0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.